0: Amen. How's everybody? All right. Look, I want everybody to give the Lord a hand clap. Somebody might want to know why, because he's still on the throne. Isn't that right? In the midst of all that we're witnessing and living through, the Lord is still on the throne. And for me, I don't know about you, but for me, that that deserves a a, a round of, of of a hearty Amen. Amen. Can you all hear me okay? Should I take this? Can I take this off? Okay. You know, it'll be a sad thing if if uh, if we heard that the Lord had corona that wouldn't be too happy. That that'll be a sad moment, isn't that right? But he's still on the throne. And so even in the midst of our pain and our uncertainty, we have to remember that the Lord is on the throne. Now, I want you to repeat after me. I'm, I'm, I'm just excited. I want us to say this, and, I, and I'll explain it. Stay light for the flight. And what I'm talking about is the rapture. You all familiar with the rapture? So we have to stay light for the rapture. That's very, very important because right now is a heavy time. We are living in a time, I'm telling you the truth, 2020. I feel so sorry for the graduates. One thing about it, they'll never uh, forget when they graduated. Isn't that right? 2020, I I know I had eye surgery not long ago. and you know it, it uh, you know they do that little eye test thing, you know. And I can't quite remember what my vision was, but it wasn't twenty twenty. But I'm telling you, in this year twenty twenty, the Lord is doing something. Amen. That's why I had you repeat, stay light for the flight. He's uncovering. He started with the Me Too movement. Amen? Began to uncover how how women were uh, treated horribly isn't that right oh and then the black lives matter and, and then the corona the corona around the whole world and then he said to the churches in so many words I'm going to shut you down so you can get out huh The church we really need to be out A lot of us get real comfortable being in. But we need to be out. We're living in a time that we'll never, ever, ever forget. So I I don't want to hold you too long. I just want to share a little something with you. And remind you. Don't forget. Don't forget. That we have a place. Don't forget. This is earth, but this is not our final destination. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are y'all hearing me? Yeah. Bible says we're just pilgrims passing through. Yeah. So so please, in the midst of your pain and, and all the things that we're witnessing, please don't forget that. That this is not our final destination. And so, you know, I ask the Lord, bless God for Pastor Cindy and her husband, blessed them so, they asked me to preach. And I'm going to tell you how significant that was in just a moment. But then I began to ask the Lord, Lord, what, 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 what can I say? And he gave me the title, As a True Believer, What is Our Role? What is Our Role? And the word what Basically, uh, means that you're seeking some kind of direction or information. So as a true believer, and trust me, I believe sitting in this room right now, you all are true believers. Now, we do have some that believe, but they're not really true believers. Can I just go ahead and be mean? We have a lot that call on his name, but really haven't uh, trusted him and accepted him. As their personal savior, but the role of a true believer. So, as you sit here on this morning, I'm going to try to expound on that a little bit, because believe it or not, we do have a role. We have a role, and that and that message, the simple message, saying what is a uh, as a true believer, what is our role, that indicates that we cannot just sit I'm, I was excited to hear you say about the church in Iran where at any time they can lose their lives and us in the United States the truth is we are a little comfortable but we've been shaking a little bit amen Corona has shaken us up my wife and I we we get excited because we take a car ride now. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know, we don't mind going and getting the car washed and vacuum it and it's so nice. You know, we we find that we we pull up in a parking lot. Matter of fact, even on our anniversary, we pull up in a parking lot and uh, we had a I don't know how many coarse meal, but it cost about fifty dollars to celebrate our 44th year of marriage but we sat right there in the car could you pass the fork could you be careful don't spill nothing (laughs) Uh. (laughs) Corona has shaken us Mm -hmm. then the Lord said it's time also to deal with some more moral issues It's time for me to pull the cover off so we can see some of the sick hearts that we have in our midst. I'm so glad to see it's just not in America. It's sick hearts everywhere. Amen? So let me just share just a few things. If you would get your Bibles, this is where I am right now. I'm speaking for myself. I'm sure I sent this to Pastor Cindy. Romans 9 and 1. I'm accustomed to having somebody read for me. I'm reading out of a King James version. And I know we've prayed. So I'm going to pray one more time if that's okay. Lord, I need you to touch these lips of clay and Lord God as we sit here in the midst of you and as we sit here in the pain and the concern that we all carry I'm asking that you uplift us we need a dose a heavy dose of joy we need a heavy dose of remembering how this is not new to you You've seen this kind of pain, you've experienced this kind of pain down through the years. But I'm asking right now, Lord, uplift your saints, uplift your believers. We need courage, we need strength. And above all, Lord, help us to hold on to you and your way. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen. So Romans 9, 1 and 2 is where I am, and I would venture to say I believe that a lot of you sitting in this room, and I guess I'm on the the Facebook or something, are in the same place. Romans 9 and 1 says, and I say the truth in Christ, I lie not, my conscience also beareth me witness in the Holy Ghost. That I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. Now, I'm going to say something that's a little strange. I want you to sit with your sorrow for a moment. I want you to sit and let let it permeate your soul and your spirit. Because what we witness is something called vicarious Trauma. This thing didn't actually happen to my son, and I have four of them. But vicariously, I was able to relate to what happened to that young man. And seeing that the Lord has blessed me to have a few years in my life now, I remember back in the 60s and the 70s when other buildings were on fire. So just for a moment, just, just sit there in your sorrow because you know what? That will be your motivation to continue to call out to your father. You know, when a little kid is in pain and they're in sorrow, they call out to mama, they call out to daddy. Matter of fact, that young man even called out to his mama. So take your sorrow and take your pain. Don't try to escape it. Sit there in it. Jesus was one that was very acquainted with grief and pain. Isn't that right? It's not comfortable. We don't invite it. We wish it could go away. But it has a purpose. That will be your motivation to help you Move and stay prayerful. So that's where I am. And we need to understand sorrow. Sometimes it can push out other emotions. I encourage you, don't let sorrow push out your joy. Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. But sit with your sorrow a while. That's okay. That'll force you to call on your heavenly father with a degree of desperation. You know, sometimes we don't call on him out of desperation. We call on him because we, you know, we, we sort of know we should. You know, that's the truth. But you know, it's something about when you call on the Lord out of desperation. <laughs> i I, I don't know. I, I I think my wife and I, you know, I I remember I got stung by a wasp, and my children still make fun of me uh, because I was calling on my wife like she was my mom. You know, ah, <laughs> you know, I got stung. You know, I. I But it's something about she could tell the difference between me just saying, hey, would you give me a drink of water versus it's something really, really wrong. So sit with your pain and call out to our Heavenly Father with some desperation. Secondly, I I, want to just shed a little light because people honestly get killed every day. People are mistreated, persecuted, every day. And some might say, well, what's the big uproar? Uh, And it's it's true. Our police officers should not abuse us, but I, I, I don't know if you all are aware of this. So, get Romans 13. Matter of fact, if I ever get a chance to have an audience with some of the police chiefs I'm going to ask them if they are aware of this Romans 13 and it talks about basically the authority Romans 13 and 1 it says let every soul be subject unto a higher power For there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained by God. Now we got to wrap our brains around this. Whosoever therefore resisteth power resisteth the ordination of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. Verse 3. For rulers are not a terror to good works but to the evil. Will thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. Now here's the key point. For he or she, we're talking about a police officer.
1: For he or
0: she is the minister of God, To thee for what? Good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid. For he that beareth not the sword in vain, for he is a minister of what? God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. So what's so alarming about what we've seen is because in our minds and our expectation for the police force is that they are really ordained of God to protect us from evildoers. But when we see those ministers of God turn around and do evil, it causes all kind of alarm. It should not be. They are here to protect us. And if you pay close attention, that's what you hear from people. They are to serve and protect. It's based on this scripture. So police officers are really ordained of God. And so just like Pastor Cindy, Pastor Steve, ordained as pastors, you don't look for them to abuse the congregation. And if they happen to abuse the congregation, it's a shock. It's a shock to our whole belief system It's like, I can't believe it. I entrusted you with my soul. I talked to you about confidential issues. I spoke to you about my struggles. I've asked you to pray with me, to pray with me, and now you abuse me. So what we're actually seeing, the cause of the uproar, is because ministers of God abuse their power It leads me to believe if they actually understand their calling. So I just wanted to shed a little light on that. If you get a chance to talk to a police officer, ask them, are you aware that your your office is ordained by God? I know we're in the United States of America, and a whole lot of things can get lost. But the truth is that they are ordained by God. We expect them to do well and treat us well and come to our rescue when we call. So I just wanted to shed a little light on that. And so as you are in the community and you talk, because you know right now police are going to get bad rap. You know, and I don't want to hear no more about bad apple. That's a bad police officer. That's one that has allowed his heart to get corrupted. Now, you know, I pastored nearly 30 years, and sometimes pastoring folks can be a task. I probably shouldn't say this. I probably shouldn't say this. You might want to delete this off the social media. You know, sometimes pastoring, you just want to say, forget y'all. I'm tired. And I know police feel the same way. In a moment, I'm going to talk about more of what our role is. But as you pray for police, pray that they understand their call. Because if they don't understand their call, well, then the one that hates us, y'all know who that is, don't you? I hate to call his name. I don't even like to call his name. You know the one that comes here to kill, steal, and destroy. You know who I'm talking about, right? He's the one that can whisper into those officers' minds and hearts. And then they walk away from their ordained calling. So I wanted you to understand what we're dealing with and why it seems to be so painful when one of our officers act in those ways. If I ever get a chance to talk to one of the chiefs, Matter of fact, I think that should be part of their, their um, training and, and, and uh, hiring process. You know, questions like, well, how do you feel about God? How do you feel about Jesus? Huh? How do you feel about that? Do you understand the weight of your calling? Because one place in the Bible says make your calling and election sure. You need to be sure you're called to this. Because you're going to see some ugly, and granted, I'll be the first one to say, because I've had to work with officers in my line of work. You're going to see some ugly. Because, you know, we can, as humans, can be ugly. Amen? So that would be my conversation with one of the chiefs. And I also heard uh, another young person say, well, a Caucasian person said, well, I I didn't cause it, and you, granted, you you didn't cause it. Let me let you all know something. You all don't know too much about me. Um, I got a master's degree in social work, and I'm actively, I'm doing mental health therapy uh, part-time now. And I've talked on uh, diversity for many, many years. I want you all to understand that in the conversation we hear racism. I want you to do your own research, but racism was created. It's a social construct that was invented. All right? Our children, when they grow up, have no idea. They'll play with a little redhead kid or a black kid or a Mexican kid and if you just leave them alone they'll fight over the ball. (laughs) Won't they? And then they'll cry and they'll point fingers and ten minutes later they're back playing again. So I I, I really want you all to, to do some research about how racism was created. I know they have a video out right now talking about, it's called White Jesus. Now you might say, well, Pastor Bean, why should I do research on that? You know, because we need to know the enemy and his strategies. If we don't, we're just walking blind. You become a victim. Then, then you, you, you sort of get caught up in this whole thing of racism. And I'm telling you, it was created. It was created. So that's your first homework. Second Corinthians. I like to give out homework. Second Corinthians four and one. Second Corinthians four and one. I'm gonna shed a little light on it. I got too much stuff here in my Bible. Second Corinthians four. Y'all doing okay? I'm cause you know last time I was sort of quiet. I'm I'm really a loud preacher, and I used to say to folks, if you want to go home early, you better talk back to me. (laughs) Let me understand that you understand what I'm saying, amen? So 2 Corinthians 4 and 1, and we'll read down to 4. And this is sort of shining some light on the one that hates us. It says, therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty. So so you'll find out once you research this thing called racism, then we, we have to renounce it. And it says, not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth. Commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. We'll make it plainer. Verse 3 says, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are what? Lost. And it says, number 4, in whom the God of this what? World. Hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Least the light of the glorious gospel of Christ who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So what I'm saying here is that Satan got in the minds of these social construct people and gave them an idea that if we create this thing called racism, make one person of one skin color feel like they're better than another person of a skin color, then we can conquer them, and we can control them. That whole idea is, is from the pit of hell. Amen? Because my wife, now my wife is a nurse, but we all have the same kind of organs. My daughter was blessed not long ago with a kidney transplant. I think that came from a Caucasian person. That organ worked in an African-American woman. But I want you to understand why this is important for you to understand how racism was created because it was a creation of Satan. And the truth being told, then he blinded the minds of many. I, I don't know if I need to be still or not, but he blinded the minds of many. And then we began to believe it. We we begin to buy this this construct, this idea that you're better than me, or I'm better than you, or your hair is more lovely than my hair, or you're smarter than I am. And and then it becomes so confusing because you look and you say, well, wait a minute, these people built stuff way back in the day with no cranes? You all watch documentaries? They built stuff. They didn't have no cranes. And we're still trying to figure out how in the world did they do that? But then Satan will make us believe, no, you know you're better. So I'm urging you, do your own research. Because once you find out and once you see, oh, this is why they created this thing called racism and this is why some promoted separatism segregation so you could be controlled I hope this is making some sense what can I do you know Satan has worked real hard to make us that's filled with the precious Holy Ghost feel like we have absolutely no power, impotent Christians, silent Christians, what must I do? And I know sometimes it feels like we can't do much, but I'm here to say don't you allow Satan to minimize what God has put in you. Well, maybe I should ask, her. I should do a survey. How many in the room is filled with the Holy Ghost? The Holy Ghost that speaks to you in an in unexplainable kind of way. The Holy Ghost that gives you direction. The Holy Ghost that sometimes we don't even talk to, but we'll turn left when we usually turn right. And we'll later find out that, man, if I would have turned left, I would have been in that accident. The Holy Ghost that even helps you find your glasses when you misplace them. Come on now. huh? The Holy Ghost that will chastise you. Some folks make you angry. Uh, I better talk about myself. The Holy Ghost, you know, sometimes you get angry with folks. But the Holy Ghost say, now look. You have to talk about how your Holy Ghost talks to you. You know, you know you're going to have to tell them you're sorry. And internally, if, if I could just open up and let you see what's going on internally, I'm fighting. I don't want to say I'm sorry. I didn't do nothing. They make me sick. Come on now. Y'all, y'all you keep inviting me, you're going to see I get more and more real. But that fight is going on. Isn't that right? And it's not always with a stranger. It could be with your spouse. That's why I teach young folks, never get out of your bed. And brothers, keep a toenail that's not groomed. And so when you get in the bed, you know you have sort of had a few words. You just take your foot, Brother Steve, and, and sort of touch it with that toenail. And she'll say, "I oh, stop you scratching me." <laughs> and then that creates a door. Then you can say, "You know, sweetheart, I'm a little, I'm sorry." Because brothers, it's a little harder for us to say it. And women don't make it too hard. Because my wife will usually say, "Who's sorry?" Nobody else in the room but me and her. So she wants to hear, "I'm sorry." Does this make sense? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we see here that Satan created racism. But we're still back at the question, what can I do? I'm, I'm, I'm recommitting myself when the Lord gives me a window. When the Holy Ghost gives me a window. I'm going to witness to folks. When he gives me a window, I'm a witness to him. Certainly, I'm going to pray for him. Acts 2 and 37. What can I do? You know, I, I, Pastor Steve, I, 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 I wrote that, and I said, man, this sounds awfully, awfully familiar. I know I've heard something like this before. What can I do? And the Lord said, well, yeah, you, 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 you should be familiar with it because it's not the first time it's been asked. Acts 2 and 37. Now, when they heard this, you know, when, you know the brother was preaching and he was telling them the hard truth and he was saying, you crucified him. You're the ones that killed him. He was giving them the raw truth. And just like that movie with, uh, I can't think of his name, Nicholson. You can't handle the truth. Y'all remember that? Y'all ever see that movie? Sometimes it's hard for people to deal with the truth. But I'm saying, what can you do when you get an opportunity? When the Holy Ghost opens a door, give people the truth. Do it in love, but give them the truth. And here's what happened. Now, verse 37 says, and when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts. And they said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? You know, we're at another point right now, church, of what shall we do or what can we do? We can witness to folks. We can tell folks the truth in our families and not in our families. Right now, the conversation is is going on in some families. Some families don't want to talk about uh, we need to erase racism. Some families don't want to admit that they have privileges over other families. That was the byproduct of creating racism. When racism was created, privilege was given. But some folks don't want to admit that. Some folks in the black community don't want to hear nothing about Jesus and forgiveness. They want to remain. They want to be angry and hate. That's the truth. So we've been at this place before, Sister Bean, where we have to say, what can I do? Because that's what they said here. What shall we do? 38 says, then Peter said unto them, repent. I heard Sister Cindy come up here and said, our nation needs to repent. Sure, you didn't dog me out. Hmm? But we've encountered You've encountered some privileges. I've encountered some, some uh, uh, misbehavior or discrimination. I've encountered it. I've seen it in schools. I used to work right over here in Egan High School. They called me in to be a diversity uh, coordinator. I encountered it. So none of us are guilty. I mean, none of us are innocent. We're all guilty. Loose here. You know, in the old church, sometimes the devil try to get your tongue and make you say something the wrong way. And we say, loose here. We're all guilty. But what shall we do? We should all repent. Because the Lord is certainly pulling the cover off. Oh, God is so great. He gives us so much mercy and so much grace. But now he's starting to pull the cover off so we can take a look in the mirror. I think that was that Michael fella. Michael Jackson from the town, Sister Bean and I come from, Gary, Indiana. Michael Jackson sung that song, didn't he? I'm talking about the man or the woman in the mirror. Didn't he say that? Hoo hoo. (laughs) He said something like that. So we need to look in the mirror and we need to repent. That doesn't mean you need to just run out automatically and start talking to somebody that's different. But let the Holy Ghost lead you. And when he leads you, be honest. Be honest. I've been having quite a few conversations with young folks. And I say say to them, I'm sort of schizophrenic. I'm, I'm hating and hurting of what I'm witnessing. It's, it's almost like a, uh, some of us are a little older. You know when you used to have a real good album, a record, and somebody scratch it? And up, and up, and up. It just, you, you know what I'm saying? It just kept, it wouldn't move forward. That's, that's, what, that's sort of how I feel like, man, come on, man. It's been so many years. Come on, man, come on. I mean, I can go back to Fred Hampton, Mark Clark, back in the Black Panther days. I remember all those stories. Uh, Martin, been down there to see where he was shot, all those stories, all those stories. And so, so I'm yet in pain. Don't get me wrong, I'm in a lot of pain. And at the same time, I'm glad that now we have these devices I see my brother got his in his pocket. That I'm talking about the cell phone. Mm-hmm. And you know, some of us feel like that song, I can't live. <laughs> I can't live without my cell phone. <laughs> some of us feel like that. So not that right Sister to me? She chastises me all the time. I say, no, I'm just going to, I'm not bringing it. She said. But what if the kids? <laughs> so I'm thankful that we have them because now you can take a picture. <coughs> 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 and then not even just one still photo, you can do a, a, a recording. You push the red button and, <coughs> and then they, my, my kids show me you can do your hand like this and bring it in close up. I'm glad that we have those now. Because now people can see for themselves that this has just not been like they say somebody playing the race card. This has been happening. It had not been too long ago. My wife and I, I know you all, you all see my hair? By the way, I love your hair. We sorta of, sort of got it like this. It's, it's no doubt they can tell that we sort of paid our dues, amen. <laughs> but it wasn't too long ago, Sister Bean and I were just going to the mall to walk around. And we don't, we don't have a big fancy car. We got a little Prius. Whip, whip. I said, what the heck? Police pull us over. And no doubt, Jim, just be careful. Okay, sweetheart, don't. Okay, you know, we go through the whole thing that you need to do. I don't know why he's pulling us over. What is he pulling us over for? And, and I can't, what was it? Can you remember? My license. My license, driver's license. My driver's license had expired. Not my tabs. My driver's license. So I said, how How you, you look at my driver's license? Because no, he, he pulled us up. And I'm saying, man, they pulling over old folks. <laughs> <laughs> I sort of said, geez, oh man, this, you know, we sorta of get McDonald's coffees, when, you know, when you could go to McDonald's, you get discount, you know, cause they say, oh, you're a senior, come on, you get a, get a free coffee or something.' you know. But I'm saying now they just, they, they, old folks, we don't get a pass. And it was true. We went through some emotions. Nervous. And I said, no, no, don't, 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 don't get the insurance. Don't, just wait, just wait. You know, because we, well, we're older. We forget where we play stuff. It's in the car. But we'd have had to go in the glove compartment. And we'd have had to rumble around to find it. No, no, just wait, just wait. And then two officers on each side, one young whoop snapping. snapper I know I was old enough to be his dad, their dad sir your license has expired So said what? <laughs> I said well thank you because I had no idea but then I thought about it I said well now they obviously didn't have anything else to do <laughs> than to pull over two older people and check and see if their license I guess they could tell from the plates said, well, this guy's license has expired ah, okay that's where we're at. So I followed the instructions and then I had to pray that my anger would subside because I felt like they probably could've just went on their way or just pull up and say, sir, I wanna just let you know your license is expired. You know, they could have did that. And I could have said, oh yeah, okay, thank you. But no, it was like like the whole I said, geez, oh man. What can we do? We need to repent. This next scripture that I want to give you is a little difficult for me. But it's something that all Christians need to do. It's in 2 Corinthians 10. If you don't get anything else out of this short sermon, am I I going too long? Uh, Please lock this down. If you don't get anything else that I've said, remember this. 2 Corinthians 10, and it starts at 4. And it reads, for our weapons of our warfare Are not carnal. But are mighty. Did y'all hear what I just said? They're mighty. Through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So if Satan makes you feel like your prayer is not heard. You need to rebuke him and call him to his face what he is. Devil you're a liar. I know God hears me. So he'll respond when he gets ready, but I know he hears me because our weapons are mighty. Our prayer language is mighty. Are y'all hearing me? To the pulling down of strongholds. Mm -hmm. Now, this is one that I had to wrestle with, casting down every imagination and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. As a black man, I had to pray and say Lord I don't want to think that all white people hate me I don't want to think that all cops are bad I don't want to think that every time I go in a store I'm watched some of it might be true but I don't want to think it are y'all hearing me so I have to grab that thought I have to capture it just like they captured that young man in the streets of Minneapolis. You have to capture those negative thoughts, and you got to handcuff them. You can't let those thoughts roll around in your mind. You can't let them simmer. You can't think on them. you got to capture them because it begins to exalt itself above God. And here we are saying that we're true believers. Now, Pastor Cindy, I was wrestling with that. You and I were texting. I were telling you about the pastor's march that I had a little to do with in the planning. And then we finally met there in St. Paul. And I'm still wrestling. Can I be honest? I'm still wrestling. I'm looking at burned buildings, and I'm saying, man, I'm looking at this stuff again. And then
1: Pastor Cindy said,
0: Pastor Ben, I want you to preach. And the Holy Ghost said, see, keep capturing it. Keep capturing it. This is a tall, blonde, Caucasian woman. Yes, she is. Y'all see her, don't you? that walked up to me and say, I'm so glad I was able to make it. Coming from Wisconsin, it was a backed up traffic, and it was so bad she just looked like she was pressing. And then said, by the way, I want you to preach Sunday. And the Holy Ghost started saying to me right then, capture, you captured it. Y'all want me to tell you the truth, don't you? Cause I, you know, I was, man, I'm just sick of these folks. I'm sick of being sick. Because, you know, I have to talk to young people. And it's hard to talk to young folks. Especially, you know, come on, you guys aren't giving me anything to go with. No ammunition. You know, and I, I got some in my family, I got one in my family that certainly say, Dad, you know, pray, pray time is over. Pray time is over. Matter of fact, one said, "Dad, I want your opinion and give it to me straight. I'm thinking about going and and getting a, a concealed to carry. What are you gonna do, Dad?" And I had to say, "Well, let me tell you something. Me and your mom raised you guys all these years, and I didn't have no pistol. And I don't want to insult my savior." Because that it would be an insult. After all these years, he's taken care of me. He's blessed my wife to deliver my first son, and she had toxemia. Blessed me to come through a bowel obstruction operation. Blessed us to get all of our children grown. And even had one that had kidney failure, and now she's got a kidney. So what, 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 what can I say to God when I get to heaven that, you know, I trusted you up until they, they arrested George Floyd. I trusted you up until it uh, seems like the police was just going to kill all black folks. I trusted you to this point, but now I got to take up arms for myself. How would, how would God feel? You know, sometimes we can insult our Heavenly Father. I'm going to deal with this stuff on my own. It would pretty much be like Sister Bean, my wife of 40-something years, saying to me, you know, husband, <laughs> you've been good and, and taking care of me for a lot of years. But now, you got old, can't button your suit up good. <laughs> you're gray. When you come upstairs, you make all kind of noises. By the way, you all pray for me because I got to have hip replacement. You say, you're always grunting and groaning. When you get in the bed, you smell like Icy Hot. <laughs> so you've done real good up to this point, husband. But now I'm going to get me, stand up, stand up, son, stand up. I'm going to get me a young buck. I'm going to get somebody that can pick up something. I'm going to get somebody that can move some furniture around and stuff. You did real well, but now I'm putting you to the side. That's the same thing, that, that's the same way God would feel. You trust me this far, now you're going to go get a conceal and carry. Jesus told, uh, one, if you live by the sword, you're going to die by the sword. I trust God. I trust God to take care of us. Are you all with me? Oh, I'm feeling like I want to preach now. Huh? So don't move off your stand. Matter of fact, stand and be not moved. Matter of fact, don't let the devil silence you. The last thing I want to leave with you when you ask me, Pastor Bean, what can we do? I'm going to say, push. Keep pushing. Keep pushing. And push stands for pray until something happens. Don't back away, don't trust your eyes. You see, because we can't see what God is doing. Nobody knew in December when we were opening Christmas gifts that 2020 would bring us corona. Nobody knew. Nobody knew that right after corona we were gonna have riots, not just in America, but all over the world. We have to push. So what I'm saying, push and don't look at, if any, is anything happening? Is anything happening? It's happening. He just won't allow you to see it. And I know why. Because sometimes if we would see it, we would quit. If we would see it, sometimes we wouldn't believe it. You got to push. Pray for our nation. Pray that our nation really repents. And pray for those that are in office. Because we just read that it's anointed by God. Pray for this president. That he'll have a heart for the people. Pray for police officers so they'll understand their calling. Push. You got to push. Push. You you this is not something that you do casually. You you can't do it kindly. You gotta keep on pushing and praying. Lord, I'm gonna keep on. I'm gonna keep praying. I'm gonna keep trusting until until something happens. And when the Lord begins to reveal it, when it becomes clearer and clearer, then you know what He'll do? He'll give you something else to pray about. We gotta push. Don't be afraid to push. Be pushy and don't lose your saltiness. Be salty. The Bible says we are the salt of the earth. So when somebody comes around, be salty, be kind, be sweet, be seasoned. I live in a community where it's only not even a handful of people of color. And it really... It, it, uh, it astonishes me um, when I sometimes walk up to people and say, hey, how, how you doing? Because I know people are sort of set off right now. And they, they sort of wonder who who is this person? But I, I sort of like to shock them so, so they can see <laughs> that, hey, I'm a black man. I can't do nothing about this. But I can be kind. I can have a kind word. and pray for him. it took our neighbor about three or four months before she finally came over came over crying my wife sat with her and sat with her and prayed with her and then a neighbor across the street says you know that, that's really something because we've been here 11 years and this person hasn't said two words to us, and I remember my dear wife saying, Jim, turn the TV down, what's wrong? Are you losing your hearing? Turn the TV down, you know? I just like to have it up loud. Turn the TV down, it's, the girl's got a baby, and I'm praying for her. I said, you, you don't even know her. But that's okay, I'm praying for her. And then when we, I said, man, who? Y'all wonder where I live at, don't you? We live in Lonsdale. Some of y'all probably haven't even heard of Lonsdale. Y'all heard of Northfield, right? We're down, down there. I say, what the heck? Who's at the door? I said, oh, God. My wife's been praying for this young lady. Come on in. What's the matter? I just need to talk. Sister Bean sat down with her, spoke with her. Then she told me, well, if she's we're going to go to the store and get, uh, you know, when women have babies. It's been a long time for us. But, you know, they need pampers, uh, all that fancy stuff. Now, wipes. Grandma, you know. I heard about you. <laughs> uh, wipes and all that stuff. and We gave them to her. And I'm telling you, she's committed to going to church with us. But then Corona hit. So I'm saying to you, push. Don't stop pushing. We'll get through this in Jesus' name, in your hands.